You are now listening to a proud member of the Disney Podcast Family. Go to DizPodcastFamily.com to find more on this show and other great Disney podcasts. This is Dylan White, and you're listening to the All Aboard Podcast. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Welcome to another episode of All Aboard the Disneyland Railroad. We are a bi-weekly Disneyland resort-based podcast in which the railroad takes us to a different attraction every other week. I am one of your co-hosts, Jungle Cruiser, sitting next to one of my other co-hosts up in his Providence. We got Hattie. What's up? What is going on, everybody? I'm in my. I'm kind of in an igloo, but this weekend I'm really going to be in an igloo because we're yeah. supposed to get... A huge dump of snow, so yeah, <laughs> I am cold. Getting my supplies ready for uh, the winter. Winter is coming. Um, <laughs> I'd rather be in uh, with Joey in Disney World in that nice twenty-five degree weather. So yeah, I, I heard you talk about yeah. the snow dump on the DU. Speaking of which, and you're like, you guys think it snows here all the time, but it's like I, I honestly, I <laughs> don't it's, ever it's, associate that with Canada. To be honest with you, I really don't. <laughs> Hockey, maybe, but not uh, like always snowing. Yeah, yeah, no. It, it in on the East Coast, it snows a lot. Like it'll snow um, for like three or four months straight sometimes. Yeah. Um, huh. But here on the West Coast, uh, we got that California wind blowing in that warm right. air. The Santa Ana so, wind, uh, where you can't do fireworks, or uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> other shows like Phantasmic. I'm not bitter. It's okay. Yeah. No. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're, you'll you'll let it go eventually. <laughs> and that, uh, we, uh, know, we, we snows like once a year here, maybe twice. So, but like it's actually gonna snow. So yeah, we're we're, we're prepared for our snow every five years in in the Valley of AZ. <laughs> you you get snow once uh, every five years? They say that it snows here sometimes in the Valley. It snows in Flagstaff, so about two hours north of where I am. That's like a yearly mm-hmm. thing. But uh, in the Valley of AZ, it I'm gonna say no, but yeah, it has. If you if you look it up, you know. But um, yeah. also that voice you're not hearing is Yoho Joe. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually at uh, at uh, Walt Disney World, so we're gonna go pick him up pretty soon. Um, so he's preparing. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we'll go pick him up in a little bit. So um, we have Sweet. we want to thank our Patreon slash engineers uh, for keeping us chugging along. So uh, take it away, Hattie. Absolutely. So we'd like to thank our Imagineers. So we're going to start with Cousin Jenny, Christy, Bernie, Sasquatch, John, and Earl. Thank you, everyone, for uh, helping the yeah, train chug along and uh, looking forward to uh, a new bonus episode coming up. Stay tuned to the end of this episode if you're an Imagineer to get the uh, sneak preview what's coming up he, he, um, he means engineer but <laughs> yep that's what i mean what did i say uh imagineer which 
It's fine. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, it's the Imagineering um, podcast episode, so it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's me. And if you want to join the the group and um, be a part of the engineer squad, <laughs> I almost said Imagineer again. Oh, I'm special. Um, but yeah, you can head over to uh, Patreon.com/slash All Aboard. Uh, the Disneyland Railroad and join. We got three fun tiers for you guys. You can get shout outs, some cool merch, an extra show, and a, a video hangout. So if you want to join that, head on over there. Yeah, Check we, it out. we might be changing the video hangout just a little bit uh, coming up here. So we haven't decided uh, 100% on that, but um, you still get something cool for that for that tier. But uh, so we'll, we'll discuss it. Maybe in the next uh, couple of weeks, we'll we'll come up with something. Um, Sweet. We also have uh, the Discord uh, partnered up with yes, them. Yes, absolutely. So we have uh, partnered up with the Discord, uh, or sorry, Discord Apparel. I did Discord too, um, and they make some awesome mashup shirts uh, with your favorite hip hop and rock and roll artists with uh, Disney characters. So um, they got was their their last one was a Iron Maiden and Donald Duck mashup, which was pretty awesome. They've had Notorious B.I.G. and Winnie the Pooh and um, a Mouse Biscuits shirt. Um, I'm not too familiar with that one, but and their next one I'm really excited for. So if you heard the first time we talked about these guys and heard my idea, then yeah. that's the idea. <laughs> so I didn't really say anything, but, you know, that's the idea. Yeah. Um, so if you want to check out their merch, you can head, out, head over to www.discord.com. That's D-I-Z-C-O-R-E. Uh, com. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and, and if uh, you guys go to the site, you type in, uh, it was All Aboard 20, get a discount on all your merch from them. So, uh, yeah, go give them a, check it out on on, uh, on Instagram at Discord Apparel as well. We'll also uh, we'll share whatever we can, highlight them. Uh, so, yeah, they got some pretty cool stuff, some pretty cool stuff coming out in the future too stuff now and stuff in the future and for them it's only room to grow too like there's so many ideas out there uh so we can't wait to see you know what they come out with each month or every couple of months however however often it is uh so that's awesome yeah it's like endless endless possibilities right it really is it it, it really is because there's so many disney characters there's so many you know bands out there uh like yeah just like disney as long as there's imagination in the world They'll never be done being built. I butchered that. Discord will never be complete. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to throw it in there really quick uh, about our contest before we get to the listeners. I'm sorry for the uh, general shout outs. Um, it'd be us, the Disneyland Universe. Sorry. I, I, I always do that. The Disney Universe. I apologize. That's okay. And uh, Leaving Today podcast have all gotten together. We're going to be giving away a f- one free year to one person. Of Disney Plus, a lot of good content, WandaVision, to, to name a few. I'm kidding. But um, our our next code word is going to be WEIR, W-E apostrophe R-E. Um, so go check out uh, DU for their two code words. And then coming up soon, uh, Leaving Today Podcast will have their two code words. And uh, then you can go to the Diz Podcast family website and, and the contact form. Put them together. Put put all the words together. Decode it. It's uh, uh, and then from those entries, we will pick. You know, we'll do a randomizer, and that will pick. We won't pick it, but that will pick the winner. 
Um, so look for that in probably mid-February, early March when we do that. We'll give you guys some time to you know listen to the episodes and go uh, enter to win. Just in time for uh, um, the Captain America show. Oh, oh yeah. Falcon and yeah. Captain, I forget what they're calling it. You know better than I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. It's here. that show with the guys. With the captains and the man. Yeah. It's all, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Okay. So we have general shout outs really quick from our, um, let's see, Space Mountain episode. Sorry. Let me get that up on Instagram here. We have Cali Girl 1966. Woot. I love listening to the Disneyland Railroad track on the sounds of Disneyland app. Such a relaxing ride. Let's see. We also have a Squirrel Gone Wild. Choo-choo. So it says, I'm a weirdo. This seems to be the line that's most fun when you get stuck in it. There's always some sort of hijinks to get into. Let's see. Conveniently, it's probably also the most likely line you get stuck in as I swear Space Mountain would be a tie for the most <laughs> likely to break down. Splash Mountain is always close too. I would say Indiana Jones, for sure. Um, what do you think? You, you think Splash Mountain's closed down? The most breakdowns? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, Indiana Jones, that's fair. Yeah. I, I would say, I, they always People have mover. somebody out Man, there. Get it. People mover. Because <laughs> no. the track's there, but it's broken. Yeah. <laughs> it's an attraction. Uh, uh, yeah, no, Indiana Jones, that's... Yeah, I don't really... Maybe does Matterhorn break down a lot? Not that I'm aware. Not that I've experienced anyway. I think Indy, because like, I've that's the most broken down that when I've been on it, I've had to walk off that ride more than once. So I've only walked off of Radiator Springs Racers. Oh really? Yeah, that was like the first week it was open too. But you know, Indian Indiana Jones is broken down a lot, like closed, and it's um. And there's always something not moving. Right. Like Indy's oh, yeah. not moving or like the snake's not moving. <laughs> yeah. Or the, uh, the the little wind is not working or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> or the bugs aren't there on when they like flash the lights. Hey, it's part of the experience. That's, that's, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what happened here? Um, so uh, we also have Bernie. Choo-choo. She writes, I laughed way too hard at the guitar sound. I agree with Hattie. That should be the intro. <laughs> Remember the last episode was like, boom, <laughs> yo, Joe. <laughs> yeah. um, so thank you guys for uh, commenting on our last episode, the mountains of space, as it was called. But uh, so, yeah, we're real excited for this episode, guys. We're going to go to Smuggler's Run. I know, like I said, uh, it's a there's a longer uh, name to that, but whatever. Um, we're going to go pick up Matthew and Joey. So Matthew from the Imagineering podcast and Joey, who is in Walt Disney World in Disney Springs. So uh, let's get on the railroad. He used his real name. Oh, what did I say? Did I say Joey? Yep. Yeah, he's not on the railroad with us right now. He's somewhere else. I'm just joking. So he's a real person. Right <laughs> he's a civilian. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We're going to pick up Yoho Joe and Matthew from the Imagineering podcast. So uh, let's get on the railroad right now. Your attention, please. The Disneyland Limited, now leaving for a Grand Circle Tour of the Magic Kingdom. Galaxy's Edge, Hondo and Chewie find flight crews for the Falcon. 
Hello, hello, my friends. I am Hondo Onaka, and this is Onaka Transport Solutions. I need a flight crew to help me obtain some valuable merchandise. Are you up for the challenge? Chewbacca has been gracious enough to lend us his ship. Try not to damage the paint job. Oh, my. what we need. Now go get it. <laughs> Excellent job. Oh, you got incoming. Hurry, blast those ties. Evasive action. Fantastic work, my flight crew. You brought back the Falcon in one piece. It's really not so bad, Chewie. All right, everybody. The railroad got us over here to Smuggler's Run. I know there's a more long title than that, and the show will be called something different. Safely, uh, we are sitting here with our guest, Matthew, from Imagineering Podcast. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for coming on, man. We, uh, uh, one of our mutual listeners now, uh, the world of Lexi. She, uh, you know, she she said your podcast is her favorite one to listen to, and we've been shouting her out in our show, and she's been sharing our show. And so I checked her show out, and immediately um, loved the content. Um, just spoiler: the first episode is a comparison about Disneyland and Disney World, and that drew me in, and I was like. These comparisons are amazing, and I yeah, know you guys talked about that, and it's like, I know that was several episodes ago, I don't know if you remember that, but uh, uh, I really enjoyed that Oh, I, re I do. I remember <laughs> it well, actually, even though it was the first one we did. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, uh, I love hearing the comparisons, especially with uh, two diehard Disney World fans going to Disneyland for their first time, so um, amazing stuff. So, uh, so just want to introduce you or you want to introduce yourself and tell us like a little about your uh, background talk about your podcast if you want to uh whatever whatever you want to talk about yeah i would love to i'll basically say the short answer to hear all about my background and anything else you want to know of course is to just go straight to imagineer podcast which easiest way to get there is imagineerpodcast.com or find imagineer podcast on any podcast app out there whatever you prefer to listen to i try to also put most of the episodes if not all of them on youtube so make it very difficult for you to avoid finding an episode <laughs> and you can also follow imagineer podcast on social media i am constantly on instagram so it's probably the number one place to reach me even if you were to send me a direct message, I respond personally to every message I get. But to give you the quick elevator pitch, my background is I was a former cast member for Walt Disney World. I worked at Kilimanjaro Safaris at Disney's Animal Kingdom. I think it's probably the uh, like one of the most coveted roles at Walt Disney World for an attractions cast member because it is such a... Uh, a like a, a really intricate position to have and it's dynamic and there's so much to learn and it's such a fun job to have and I ended up then completing that internship with uh as part of the Disney college program I later did another internship with Disney on their marketing team at Disney Vacation Club 
and just have been a lifelong Disney fan. So I started Imagineer Podcast as a hobby, like I think a lot of Disney podcasters, like almost going on four years. It'll be this spring, four years ago, and didn't expect even uh, more than two people to listen. And I've just been very um, humbled by the listeners that have come into the community and those who have been listening to the show from the beginning and new listeners like yourselves um, and anyone else who might have just discovered the podcast recently. But we chat about all things Disney, so particularly the Disney parks because it is Imagineer podcast, but we talk about movies, we talk about Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, your standard Disney films. And we try to keep it light and entertaining and fun and family friendly. So if you are interested in all things Disney, uh, definitely give an episode a shot, whether it's that episode of Disneyland vs. the Magic Kingdom or another. And uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, So. Oh, I forgot I was going to say. But uh, yeah, another episode I I listened to was your uh, your Space Mountain one. We had all the renditions of Space Mountain. Um, it was kind of like, I don't know if it was like a bonus episode, but either way, it was like all the sounds, you, you had all the artists that created all those different, uh, um, the, the music behind them. And I, I thought that was amazing too. It was, like you said, fun listen to, uh, fun to listen to and, uh, just all around. Yeah. Like you said, just great. Um, so once again, yeah, thank- I appreciate it. I heard, I listened to your Space Mountain episode actually, and I heard you shout out <laughs> to Imagine Your Podcast. I was like, oh, thanks for shouting out to the show. Uh, but yeah, that was, I, I love Space Mountain. And Disneyland's version is my favorite version. So, right. And I think uh, only uh, Yoho Joe can attest to that, right? Because I've, oh, I haven't been on that one. I haven't been to Disney World, but uh, so um, I have heard that as well. But uh, so we're going to talk about uh, Smuggler's Run, and I guess we can talk about both versions. I mean, I'm sure it's the same exact ride because it's a simulation. So I don't think they would change it up for uh, Walt Disney World versus uh, Disneyland. No, they are identical clones. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, and I know you have not been on the attraction, but you said you had some <laughs> like uh, like fun facts and like uh, some of the history behind it and, and the engineering behind it, I guess. Yeah, so I should, I guess, clarify because it was, I, I did find it pretty funny when you had asked me to, if I want to talk about Smuggler's <laughs> Run, and I'm like, well, I could talk about it, but I've never done it. But for those who do listen to my show, they'll commonly hear me talk about how a lot of attractions I can't do because of motion sickness, and this is one of them. A lot of the motion simulator type technology, Star Tours is another example, especially at Walt Disney World, things like Mission Space, I, you know... It's difficult for me to get through them, so I just don't bother doing them. But what I do like to do is to walk through with my family and friends till they get to the actual ride part of the experience. And then I say, see you later. And I take the chicken out exit and I wait for them at the exit and just enjoy the ambience. Um, Occasionally, I'll just bypass it altogether and treat myself to a blue milk. Or if I'm at another park, I'll meander and appreciate the details of the parks. But yeah, I I did not. uh, I have not physically been on Smuggler's Run, but I'm going to do probably at some point an episode about it. Uh, It's... Definitely the thing that I love most about Smuggler's Run is how they make you feel like you are the only one piloting or defending or engineering the Millennium Falcon. And yet at any given time, there are, and I did the math at one point, and now I forgot off the top of my head, I think it's between 24 and 32 
Um, someone probably listening actually knows the exact number, but basically 25 to 30 Millennium Falcon cockpits on the attraction at any given time. But as an individual guest or group of guests, you feel like you're the only one. And that's because of an amazing engineering, I won't call it a marvel, but more a brilliance of creativity in putting a flight simulator on top of a essentially a turntable um so that you and you have a you know you enter into the turntable from the outside all the cockpits face into the middle of the circle and when one is loading the others are either unloading or in the experience there's one unload spot and uh the the literally when you board the vehicle and the doors close the turntable spins one cockpit to the right or to the left depending on there's four four turntables and the Disneyland version of four turntables in the Walt Disney World version, it'll spin to the right or to the left so that you then will be on the attraction um, and then the next group loads into their cockpit, another group unloads, and you keep rotating one to the right or one to the left so that it the ride time ends up being about three and a half to four and a half minutes um, unless there's some delay in the loading or unloading process and then you unload from an entirely different spot close to where you loaded but it feels like you entered the ship and exited the ship in the same spot and you were the only ones just because of the brilliance of the way that it's set up. So for me, like that is the the coolest feature of the attraction is just that brilliance of accommodating so many people, but still making it feel so intimate. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That is awesome. Do you guys know that? I did not. No, I, I thought. Uh, I mean, I, I knew there was multiple cockpits. If you look at the uh, the cliff and everything, like where the Falcon is, but uh, not to that mountain. And I haven't heard that it was like a the record, so that makes total sense. But yeah, it's definitely a uh, engineering uh, marvel for sure. <laughs> if you haven't watched the Imagineering story on Disney Plus, episode six, which is the final episode, they actually show behind the scenes of the turntable in the Imagineering, like an Imagineering warehouse and one of the flight simulators from the outside without all the theming around it. So you can actually really get a sense of how it works. It's very cool. Oh man, I must have missed that. <laughs> Bummer. Definitely I gotta watch it again. That. <laughs> Yes, definitely, definitely check it out. It's near. It's not the very end, but it's the back half of I think episode six. It's it's so cool to see. Yeah, and now now that we know that, I would yeah definitely check that out. Probably a lot of stuff we missed in that in those episodes, those six episodes. So watching it again is not going to hurt. But that was definitely yeah definitely cool. Um, do you have any, do you have any more on that or like any of the like other fun facts or facts about that uh, attraction? If not, are we you know, do you have, do you have any fun facts, Joe? Um, I mean, I could, yeah, I, there's other stuff, but I want to, I want to see what else everybody else has to say about it for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you, usually Yoho Joe does the fun facts, but, uh, yeah, whatever, I've been a little busy. Have, <laughs> it's okay. I've been a little busy I, I guess I, recently. If, and I sorry for the listeners, well, and sorry for the listeners that, uh, don't know, but I am currently at Disney world. If you hear any, uh, Daft Punk in the background, I'm at, uh, Disney Springs, but, um, <laughs> I was, I was on the ride today, so. Uh, I can talk about that later, but um, no, I, 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 I didn't prepare much, but other than I love the ride. And I, I, I don't know if there's any hidden Mickeys. <laughs> there are. There's, there are? Um, okay. There's one that's 
the the one that is, there's not too many. There's actually one hidden Mickey I can tell you about, and then a hidden Millennium Falcon. And it's not the Millennium Falcon. That's the obvious Millennium Falcon. It's, it's, it's a hidden one. Um, like the hidden one is right outside the attraction. No, the uh, so the hidden Mickey is as you go into the not the first pre-show with Hondo Onaka, but the second pre-show with Hondo Onaka, where he's on your t like the the monitor just before you enter into the cockpit on the left hand side, I believe it is, or it depends on actually which way you enter. But um, on the side of the monitor, there is a hidden Mickey. If you look closely at these three uh, silver I see um, rings, so that's one place. The hidden Millennium Falcon, believe it or not, is actually on the Millennium Falcon. The <laughs> life size. I'm looking at a picture right now. It's so Millennium cool. Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just found that it's, out today. Uh, it's hard to see. <laughs> I didn't see it. But I can't my, even describe where just, it is. It's just tough. Yeah, my friend told me about it today, and I didn't. I didn't even look at it. But yeah, he said, "Oh, there's one under there." <laughs> yeah, it's right by the um, the entrance. And you it, honestly, it's even hard to see if if you were to stand in front of the standby entrance, it would still be difficult to see. But it's near, uh, it's it's kind of near the entrance. It's on that side of the ship. It's towards the middle on that side. It's underneath. It's it's just very difficult to find. You'll have to either, if the you know, I'd recommend if you have the time, take a look around the ship. You'll eventually find it, or of course, just look up online and people will. You know, there will be sites and, and images to show you exactly where to look. No, yeah. um, but those are the only two I'm aware of. I don't think there are any others um, on the attraction, that, at least that I've encountered. Those ones are too hidden. Um, I have a question. It might be a dumb question, but like you, you were talking about the loading and unloading, and you said it could take longer sometimes. When, it's, when there's a delay in loading, does that uh, prolong some of the experiences in there? Yes, so they did plan for that, which is absolutely brilliant. And if you look on YouTube, there are YouTubers who post videos of technical difficulties or of delays. In the case of a delay, it's very easy because the simulator itself, there are some there's some level of freedom for those who are piloting the ship. Um, so of course some of it is programmed and you do you will notice if you ride it again and again that you get the same experiences um, and the same sequences but because it is in a way a lot like a game almost like with Toy Story Mania if it if there's a delay they kind of bring up a, a bonus round or a practice round um, they can they have the same thing but it's built into the ride experience in a very seamless way so that any particular part of the game is extended just a little bit um, if you happen to be in the position of just about to load or just about to unload, um, or sorry, or you've just loaded and you're, the cockpit's waiting to now rotate into the next position, <clears throat> or if you are about to come into unload and you haven't yet made it, but you've reached the part of the sequence where you're kind of back into the um, Onaka transport hangar bay, the... Um, Hondo will come on to the monitor and extend the attraction by talking about different technical difficulties <laughs> with the ship. Um, I know that personally my family and friends who have done it have seen this before because it's very common prior to unload to have a little bit of a delay for some reason. But they actually had Jim Cummings who did the voice of the real, the original Hondo Onaka and came back to do the voice of the attractions Hondo Onaka. He must have recorded an additional 10 minutes 
of script that most would never see because of the inevitability of technical difficulties and Disney wanting to create show around technical difficulties since they know it's bound to happen and they've gotten so much better at really creating uh, this unique like storylines around technical issues. It's very easy with this attraction because we know it's it's uh, the Millennium Falcon. People in Star Wars joke about it being a hunk of junk and things happening to the ship. And Hondo is pretty much the same way. So even in the unload position, as you're there, the one spot before unload, he'll talk about running systems diagnostics and there being like uh, you know run a full run a full diagnostic and oh that you know like how much you might have damaged the ship and the fact that he can't even move it back into the position to get you off the ship because of how much damage you did and he's running through all these diagnostics and he cracks some jokes along the way with a bunch of you know with like his dry humor so uh, I would definitely look up into YouTube and try to find um, Millennium Falcon Hondo Onaka technical difficulties it's hilarious wow that's I'll awesome. definitely look at look into that i haven't seen that so i will definitely check it out yeah because that came to my mind as soon as you said that there's on the on, on the uh the, the turntable like there has to be something and making it seamless like that just like when you're walking through a queue it's like you don't feel like you're really waiting in line but in this one you don't really feel like you're on a ride delay it's just the ride is going to be a little bit longer and that's awesome yeah the worst case is usually your your ride ends up being longer. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's only if you're in the load position or the one before unload position that you get uh, you're sitting in place and you have you have uh, Hondo kind of narrating for you. Yeah, I, I've had a uh, uh, one time at Disneyland, and actually today when we rode it, uh, we had like an extra level uh, after you complete the mission of getting the coaxum. You go into light speed, then you usually stop in front of uh, Batu, but Sometimes you get out of light speed and you're in an asteroid field, and it's like yes. an extra. And so that's I had that actually today and uh, one time before at uh, Disneyland. So I always thought it was like based on people piloting skills, <laughs> but I guess not. Nope. <laughs> so that makes now sense. Now you know it's because of delays. <laughs> and I was a pilot today, so I thought I did good, but I, obviously I did it. So. <laughs> You, you could have still did a great job. It has nothing to do with it. But <laughs> No, Hondo was giving us crap all the way as we landed, so now we did pretty bad. <laughs> but, it, but it was weird because they had it uh, distanced. So it was just me, my friend, and my niece, and uh, we we're the only ones in the, in the Falcon on our ride. So it was, it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty weird. <laughs> and do they account for that? Have you guys that? heard of Chewy Mode? Yeah, I, I've heard of that one. Yeah, I, what is I that? just haven't been smart enough to figure out how to do it. <laughs> so. There is there's some tutorial online for how to do it, and uh, obviously I haven't done the attraction at all, so I haven't done it. But uh, it's it's got to be it's especially if you've done the attraction multiple times, it's got to be fun. Yeah, I've heard people that have done it and they thought it was really hilarious. <laughs> then I also heard there's supposed to be four, like four different uh, versions of this was do you know if that's true or not or i know there's a daytime and a nighttime version um so if you which mostly affects the sequences on batu um you'll either take off and land at at day or night depending on what time of day it is it's just like rise of the resistance depending on if it's day or night you'll take off or land in or i should say land um, yeah. yeah actually both um at a, a day or night but um, I don't know if there's different sequences. The videos I've seen and from what I've heard, I don't know if there are different sequences. I know there are four turntables, but I don't know if there are um, 
different versions is possible. Again, yeah. I haven't done it, so it's very possible. Yeah, they, they've from what I've written, they 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 all are the same for the most part. But I, I remember at one time, or even before, I think me and Ryan were at a, a Galaxy's Edge preview at Star Wars Celebration, and they mentioned there's going to be like different adventures, kind of like oh, Star yeah. Tours, but that never really happened. So. <laughs> I'm sure they have the ability because it's programmable. Yeah. So they could always, and I'm sure they will in the future, <clears throat> change it up. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I said as long as they don't take out Hondo, I'm I'm good. Oh no, I, I'm I'm right yeah. with you. No. <laughs> An integral part of the uh, the attraction. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm always more Jim Cummings than you know the better. <laughs> Agreed. It's very true. I just wish they let you walk around the cockpit more. Or not the cockpit, the, uh, I guess the, the boarding area, right, when you enter the ship, as you're waiting for, uh, when you get your, assigned your color and you're waiting. I feel like whenever I'm hanging out with my group before they head into the, uh, the cockpit area, I want to explore, and it's like 10 seconds go by, and then they get called, and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it would have been, it would have been nice, because I know, especially on the media days, um, you know, people obviously, uh, make sense on a media day to get more time in there, but I almost... I understand why they don't. They need to keep the ride as efficient as possible. Um, yeah. Otherwise, the line would get significantly longer than it could be, than it is. Um, but uh, it would be cool to be able to just hang out in the ship a little longer. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah, the the uh, the passenger turnover is brilliant for it. As many people going through it, I think so. I mean. <laughs> Enjoy hey, today when you're on the road. They letting you touch all the buttons and stuff still, or is that? off limits like in the queue or yeah uh they weren't stopping people from touching buttons but uh yeah i mean that that's a big part of the ride so you're still doing the jobs uh okay well i just didn't know because of like covid and stuff yeah well there's hand sanitizers everywhere (laughs) okay (laughs) and bring your own too That's a very good tip. I try not to touch anything at Disney. Even pre-pandemic, I was always like, washing my hands, not touching the handrails. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you were you were talking about, like, it's only half, they're only filling it half. Um, do, do they account for that? Like, does, is the ride experience the same way? Because, you know, there's two engineers trying to do stuff, two pilots. Is it uh, just the same experience, Joey? So, like... If you have four people, then only four people will be in the cockpit. If you have a full six, it'll be six. But we oh, had three, okay. so it was me and my buddy. My niece volunteered us to be pilots, and she was a gunner. Then uh, they had the engineers and the second gunner kind of like, uh, I guess, programmed to not be there. But they still did their jobs when needed. But maybe okay. that's why we took so much damage is because we, we had no uh, engineer to fix us when we're... Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Because I was piloting were... pretty good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> my, under- my understanding is that the empty positions, if you're not... If someone's not physically in the seat to touch the buttons, then the ride senses that and puts it on autopilot in whatever position it is. And they don't set it to expert, but they also don't set it to non-existent. It's somewhere in the middle, so uh. there's still... They're still bound to make some mistakes in the autopilot position, so well, that make, they make it as realistic as possible. <laughs> well, that makes sense then. Okay, but it, with with there being only three of us, it made more. It felt more uh, true to the movies, being that there's you know four seats in there rather than six, so it felt more. Uh, yes. 
I was going to say more scale, but not that. It just felt more uh, 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 official, I guess. <laughs> Theoretically, if you wanted to make it a ride and less of a, an engaging attraction, like gaming experience, you could theoretically as a group decide that all of you were not going to touch a single button and the ride would fly itself. Oh. But uh, <laughs> there's no fun in that. Like you ride yeah. the experience to fly the Millennium Falcon, but theoretically you could do that. Especially after a 45 minute wait, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen YouTubers do that, but mostly just to show what it is like if you decide to do that, not so much because they want to. Um, and this ship definitely does still get sustained a, a pretty good amount of damage and it's uh it the the autopilot's not the the best pilot you could probably pilot better oh nice <laughs> but it's a it's a really unique attraction for sure oh yeah it's kind yeah. of definitely like that next next uh stage of what they you know what they could do with star tours i mean it was such a big deal when they added 3d to star tours and now you got 3d without glasses pretty much 3d without glasses and uh this attraction and just the detail to the Falcon too is just this is amazing. I like that Disney's been doing that more. There are some attractions that the 3D certainly enhances it. I think Flight of Passage is a good example of a new attraction where the 3D really does add something to the experience. But with the other attractions like Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, not having 3D and experiencing everything in real two dimensions with practical effects and with screens that look like 3d even though you don't have to wear 3d glasses to experience it makes it feel even more real so that yeah. i love i think the technology has reached a really great new level oh yeah totally because i i rode runaway railway twice today and wow that's all i gotta say <laughs> i'll talk about it later but man that is wow <laughs> so amazing and it's coming to disneyland in a few years yeah, <laughs> i wonder exactly. if they're able to do it <clears throat> yeah definitely all right <clears throat> do you have any more on the on the attraction itself like i'm trying to think i i almost wish i had done an episode of my show for the attraction because i would have come with a significant amount of research and um you know, I tried to, to refresh my memory before this episode of some of some of the fun facts. I mean, we all know, we talked about Jim Cummings being the voice of Hondo Onaka. One of the subtle little things I appreciate about the attraction is its commitment to story. Because when I was thinking about the Millennium Falcon being displayed out front, my first thought when they were building the attraction was, how are they going to put you into the Millennium Falcon with it physically outside because Imagineers always will think through that and I was knowing they would I just wasn't understanding how they were going to make it seem like you were walking into the Millennium Falcon that you just passed there's only one of them and the fact that during the pre-show you physically hear and see and in some ways feel because of the rumbling um, the Millennium Falcon fly overhead and land into Onaka Transport's hangar bay when I saw that in the pre-show, I'm like, uh, there it is. That's that's the piece I didn't connect was how they were going to make it so that you were walking from an, in an entirely different place and boarding the Millennium Falcon you just passed a second ago. And the fact that Chewie's flying it and lending it to you was just so smart. So for me, the, uh, the commitment to that story is so seamless. And you can tell that they thought it through, that you can be outside appreciating all the details 
in person, the first real full-size replica of the Millennium Falcon that not even the movies have, um, and then go into the attraction and then get to see the pre-show, understand that Millennium Falcon is moving now and you're going to board it somewhere else, and then board into the Millennium Falcon, walk around, and then go into what you believe is or perceive as the only one cockpit of the attraction and exit and then see like Hondo or, or, you know, imagine that Hondo or Chewie has just flown it back outside as you, as you exit is, is so perfect. So I love the intimacy of something that still accommodates thousands of guests an hour. <laughs> yeah. So I, for me, that's an amazing part of the experience. Oh, absolutely. And I just want to piggyback off everything you just said, because I was just thinking the same thing. And it's like, first of all, before you get in, in the queue, you're walking around just under it. Then you go inside the, inside the, the queue and then. You see it from every angle, from a second level. You see the back. You see, so you get the full view of the Falcon from every angle possible. And then you then then you don't see it no more because all of a sudden then now you're getting into the boarding process. But then, like you said, you hear the rumble, and you see it on this monitor. And yeah, it just it gets you in that story right away. And just yeah, the the Imagineers just brilliant, brilliant planning on that on their part. Yeah. I guess the only thing I can add is about Hondo, the animatronic himself. Obviously, he's one of the more advanced audio animatronic figures uh, that they've developed. It's using more <laughs> modern technology. Um, but they do have a B-mode. They are really good about building in B-modes for attractions nowadays. And the B-mode is not as great as the A-mode. But there is a backup in case Hondo, his animatronic, uh, he's just not feeling up to himself that day. So they have him on the monitors where Chewie it will, will uh, kind of <clears throat> be broadcasted in during the pre-show. Um, and then he apologizes for not being able to physically be there with you in person. And it's a really great way to accommodate for technical difficulties with it, what is otherwise the key part of the pre-show um, being the animatronic himself. So... Um, I always appreciate when the Imagineers take the time to think about, we talked about earlier, the the technical difficulties with the attraction itself or the delays and loading, which are inevitable to happen and happen almost every time. But even with the pre-show, that if the animatronic fails, it's not like they just forget the pre-show ever happened, but find a way to go around it. Yeah, and they go even go to that detail of uh, when that happens. I, I saw that last spring at Disneyland, and uh, they even removed his R2 unit from the... The platform too just uh so he's not up yes. there by himself for no reason they either removed him exactly. or they covered him i can't remember but i think they cover him up yeah but i mean like you said it's just, hard to move an animatronic yeah exactly <laughs> so <laughs> so but yeah that little attention to detail like you said yeah yeah it's a good thing you guys didn't have me on for a rise of the resistance episode because i would have talked your ear off for about two hours but <laughs> <laughs> i haven't been on that one yet <laughs> that one oh just Honestly, brace yourself. It is the it is a masterclass attraction. It, it's it's the greatest attraction I think since probably Pirates of the Caribbean um, or the Haunted Mansion. It's well, I'm holding it's, it up to the uh, Harry Potter standards because I think that's like the most advanced ride I've ever been on. <clears throat> so that's like what I'm gonna gauge it at. Just because it'll I'm, exceed I'm, it'll exceed it for you. And I'm a Star Wars <laughs> nut. Like I got Vader tatted down my arm, so. <laughs> I'm, I know I'll like it more, but that's just, like, the standard for, like, most advanced ride I think I've experienced. You will absolutely feel like you are in a Star Wars movie, and yet they did a, such a great blend. I'm not going to give you any spoilers. 
I've, I've watched the videos. It's, it's been open okay. for too long to avoid it. <laughs> it's true. They do such a great job of blending familiarity and um, unfamiliarity at the same time, where you feel like you are reliving a Star Wars movie you've watched, and yet you're unable to pin any particular thing to any particular film. And it's all because of the sequence of the story is much like any sequence in a Star Wars film. And the music is pulled directly from multiple films. If you want a real deep dive, I did an episode about it. So okay, I'll, I'll check it out for sure. <laughs> and I made it episode 66 because of Emperor Palpatine. Ah, nice. Um, <laughs> so it's easy to remember. It was either going to be that or Cars Land um, for Route 66. But I'm like, no, I, the timing was right. It was January of 2020 that I had episode 66 coming out. So it felt right to do Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, when we do that attraction, right. we'll definitely have you on because yeah, you said you haven't been on it either, Hattie. I haven't been on it. No. So yeah, no, hope we'll, in June when I get to Disney World. So yeah, when we when we both get on it, we'll do the episode. We'll definitely invite you back on for that because yeah, that would be awesome. I, I'd love to. I I can. I, I I think I sometimes bore people to tears talking about how amazing the attraction is. But <laughs> no, not, not this time. Not definitely not. That, I was all interested. I didn't know. <laughs> half of that stuff more than half that stuff these guys probably did but you know I find all that stuff fascinating just to hear about like I don't look it up or know but yeah that's awesome it's super complex the it's so layered it's so detailed there's so much they put into it that it's it's worthy of um a lengthy discussion but uh <laughs> it's uh yeah it's an imagineering marvel a theme park engineering marvel at that Plus, it's about what fifteen minutes runtime on that one. Yeah, they Disney te- Disney calls it a fifteen minute attraction. It depends on how you define where the attraction starts. Yeah, it's a debate um, for sure. Which I think they're right. <laughs> I say when you get yeah, buckled I, I in. I say from the first pre-show is really where it begins. Oh, but gotcha. it's, um, yeah, it's technically without delays. It's fifteen minutes, and they do consider it from the first pre-show. So it's fifteen minutes from there until you exit. Are you are you actually on the attraction itself with the pre-show, or is it you don't board yet until after the pre-show? <laughs> you have, yeah. It's yes, it's, yes this and is no. how layered it gets. Oh, it's, sorry, it, I'm sorry. I just I I figured because you're sitting down on that one, they could definitely do a pre-show while you're on the attraction. But okay, no more. No, no more there's spoilers. a there's a traditional <laughs> what you would think of as a traditional pre-show. You stand in a room and there's something like pre pre-story that happens. That's um essentially what the first pre-show is but then there's basically you can think of it as like two rides and two pre-shows and a lot of fun stuff in between i'm sold i'm going on it yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) but i'm gonna have to leave sorry guys my phone's about to die so (laughs) all right no worries man enjoy your trip All yes, right, sir. nice meeting you, Matt. Hopefully to talk to you. Uh, nice meeting you as well. I hope to talk to you real soon again on, on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, good night, guys. All right, good night. All right, so we'll go over some uh, some listener comments from Instagram. So we have uh, <clears throat> Disney Girl Sherlock 94. She writes, My memorable moment is the first time I went on this in early March. It was also my first time seeing Galaxy's Edge. Two of my friends were the pilots. Another friend and I were gunners. It was so cool uh, how to see, let's see, how well they did with the inside of the Falcon. 
when you are in the waiting area before you go on the ride, as you guys were talking about earlier. So that's that's awesome. Um, she also writes, let's see, also after the cast member gave the safety rules, they said, this is the way. Well, and and when you were, <laughs> That's and, awesome. And when you were talking about the attraction earlier and like uh, the... The, um, Rise of the Resistance. I don't know why I was thinking John Favreau when he made when he made that show. Like, he pulled in new audiences and old audiences for that, and that kind of I don't know. That kind of reminded me of it for the for the uh, Rise of the Resistance because I, I don't think you have to be a Star Wars fan at all to, to probably enjoy this attraction. And I've seen some of the videos on it. Yeah, what definitely else? not. It is a it is an attraction that takes place in the Star Wars universe, just like Mandalorian is a show that takes place in the Star Wars universe. You don't have to know too much about Star Wars to be enamored by it or sold on it right that's what i tell all my friends too they're like i'm not really a big fan and so i watched it based on another person who i mean was a star wars fan and i trust their opinion and then i found out that john favreau did it and i was like that's why because i like i just like john favreau everything that he's ever done i don't think there's a bad movie or whatever so um, i'm i agree with you yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love John Favreau. He's, yeah, agreed. He's uh, from Marvel to Star Wars to Elf. even things like Elf. Yeah, <laughs> Elf. even before that, Man, I watched, I love watching him on the Chef Show on Netflix. Like, I he's just he's a great. Um, yeah, he seems like a really cool, down to earth guy. Big fan of Disney and Star Wars, and obviously a really talented, creative um, director and writer and producer and actor. So, right. um, yeah, he's 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 good in my book. Right. Yep. Even that. Yep. Even before that, my, one of my favorites is Swingers. That's not Disney at all, but it's just like so, Ooh, good so well put together. I don't know. So Yeah. Um, let's see here. From Instagram, we also have James Morton, 73. He writes, Well, after I was literally in tears <laughs> when I first walked into Galaxy's Edge for the first time, I was on Smuggler's Run. I was a pilot. I completely, I was completely amazed. I was lucky enough to be the pilot the second time I rode as well. And for me personally, I've only been a gunner, I think. Yeah, I've never been a pilot. So a gunner and an engineer. And I know when you're on the single riders, that's what they, they, they give you the engineer spot. So the least uh, favored of the positions. Uh, but you still get on the attraction really fast. Um, I have yet to be a pilot. And I don't think I'd be very good, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> what have you guys done? It's worth a ways? try. You never know until well, you try. And honestly, <laughs> there are not. I, I haven't encountered someone who's perfectly piloted that Falcon. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like it's it's fun. Well, well, I don't like the ride, but um, it's fun to pilot. Uh, the first time I was a pilot, I had like a two-year-old being my co-pilot. And <laughs> <laughs> just like did, it did not go well. <laughs> he just like pushed it up. We were just skidding the whole time. But have you been all three, Hattie? Um. What do you mean all three? Well, uh, gunner, pilot. You, you, oh, all three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I have. Okay. And usually the, I'm usually at the back, but. So the favorite is is being the pilot then. Uh yeah, definitely. Sorry, I just heard a dog, but I don't know if it's my dog or outside or. Um, sorry about that. No if dogs you heard over a here. Squealing dog. <laughs> um, and sorry, you guys can't hear me, but I'm gonna try and talk louder for you guys. Um. We have also Sasquatch. Also, first of all, thanks, Disney Girl and James. Appreciate that. Uh, Sasquatch79 writes, experienced Galaxy's Edge early last year, and my wife had four kids that day. I came back at night with my oldest and rode Smuggler's Run. Really reminds me of the Back to the Future ride. And I was thinking that earlier, too, when you were talking about it. 
um, how that ride is. It was so many different you know cars, but you still feel like you're the only one, unless you peek over and see all the other cars. But they they hide that pretty good, uh, which is now obviously the Simpsons ride. But um, he writes the queue is pretty cool, especially the inside of the Falcon. Uh, we were both excited, despite the fact that my son yelled, thinking we were falling. <laughs> Overall, a great experience. Now I'm not sure if it, uh, let's see, if it does already, but the missions change with every group. If the missions change with every group, that would be sweet. Um, yeah, that kind of would be just, just subtle changes, but like, uh, you know, Star Tours where you get 30 some odd or is it 50 some odd different uh, combinations. So definitely room to... That would be cool if they did that. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure in the future they can. There's definitely a, a ride set up for room to expand or grow um, all those, you know, the simulation rides like that one. <clears throat> That's all we had from Instagram. Um, so I know you haven't actually... Well, thank you also, Sasquatch. I really appreciate that. Uh, you haven't been on the actual attraction, but, like, is there a favorite moment you've had, like, waiting in the queue or, you know, waiting with your, your friends and family? You might have mentioned it earlier, but... Yeah. Yeah, obviously, like I said, I haven't been on the attraction, but I think my answer would be the same even if I had been on the attraction, to be honest. Although, I have heard if you are in the right pilot seat and go into hyperspace, that's arguably the best moment. For me, I think I would still agree that it's when you turn the corner and you walk when you're walking in the jetway, which I think is so brilliant because it makes it feel like you're boarding a ship like you people are familiar with boarding planes going through a jetway hearing the sounds of the ship and then you round that corner and enter into the Millennium Falcon the way that it's done is so perfect um I love that moment right there I think it's just one of the most convincing believable moments that you are entering the millennium the real Millennium Falcon it make the between the sounds and the the look and the familiarity of of being <clears throat> in like a jetway getting into a, a plane um, is is so cool. So for me, that would be top of the list, if not the Hondo Onaka <laughs> pre-show um, experience. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. When you were talking about that earlier, I had no idea, you know. I've only been in the queue one time, but and I wasn't really paying attention. I mean, these guys are Star Wars fans, and I definitely love the attraction, but when you... I gotta go... When I go back on it, I'm gonna try to notice that. Like, I, I wasn't even thinking... Uh, that you know the Falcon is outside and you're you're walking into. It. I wasn't even paying attention at all in the queue. I don't know if you were Hattie when you rode it those few times, but I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I I we we rode it together, right? One time, yeah, we rode it together. One time, yeah, that was a fun um, that was a fun line. It was like an hour line, but like there was six of us and it went by so fast. Yeah, it definitely did. And the first time I got on it uh, was the single rider, so I bypassed all that altogether that I can think of anyway because I think we took the little short way and that's when I was the uh, the engineer at first um, so I didn't even get to see any of the queue which you know is there's good and bad to it because Disney's queues are amazing like like skipping the Star Tours queue like you missed you know more than half the experience because the queue is half the ride you know so in this one like he mm-hmm. was talking about is the same thing you know so I definitely want to check that out next time I go whenever that's going to be but uh what was your uh what's your favorite experience there Hattie um I get well I was there opening morning in Disneyland um but you know I, I really 
don't like the ride. <laughs> um, it feels very like Universal Studios to me um, with the simulator. I know there's Star Tours and that's the simulator, but I I kind of felt like it was Transformers at Universal. Um, and I was, I'm more of like, I'd rather have like a boat ride through Dago, Dagobah, like through like the swamp than have this ride. I just, I'm not a big fan of simulators. Not that I get sick, I just kind of find them boring. I'd rather see an animatronic, like five of them throughout like a 10 minute boat ride than just like <laughs> looking at a screen. Gotcha, gotcha. Like a yeah. Pirate of the Caribbean That's thing, just me. but Star Wars theme. Yeah. Gotcha. I would totally go for that because I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would be kind of cool. I mean, I mean, is there room in the, uh, I'm sure there is, in the land, the edge, I guess. Or more attractions like that? Uh, Hollywood Studios, there's probably some room. Disneyland, uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, so you think they're just going to just stick to the two attractions? And, or do you think there's... Uh, and they need, uh, they need a lot of space to, to build a, a boat attraction, too. So. They need a restaurant, like a proper Star Wars experience restaurant. I would love that. That would be so cool. You didn't have a great experience at Oga's? I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I got glass in my food. You my did. Jello. <laughs> or so we think anyway I don't know it was glass yeah well my, yeah mine is definitely when I rode with you guys like riding I, like I said it went on twice I think it might have been the same day I could be wrong but we were on like this outskirt part of the queue it wasn't even like the normal queue so it felt like we were in like a back lot studio and they had like the uh, I want to say it was tape on the ground even it wasn't even like prepared with the corral so we were like behind the uh, the line queue if that makes sense or I don't know um, if that's a normal area where you can walk, but it didn't look like a normal spot where you can hang out. Have you guys been, besides you had, have you been back there, Matt, Matthew? To where, sorry? Well, because the, the, the line got so long when we were there that they actually extended oh, the queue yeah, one, where it felt like you were one in One time I have. Yeah. Um, yeah, one time with my family. And they had like pop stands and food line at carts lined up. In the back there. Oh yeah, I remember that. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I think I bought a coke off one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. They were they were prepared for that actually. That was kind of cool. But the tape on the ground kind of like, I don't know, kind of ruined it. Should have been more corally, like the actual the, the chains. Yeah, well, get used to tape and stickers on the ground in the park. Right. So. <laughs> Stand here. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I don't know when I'm going to go back. I don't know what's going to open. Obviously, and but uh, this I'm hoping this year because I don't want to go two calendar years without going to the park. You know, yeah, you got to do Disney World this year. Yeah, that's gonna be. I got to save up for that. But anyways, um, so yeah, do you, do you guys have anything else on the uh, on the attraction? Not I. I think I'm tapped out on my trivia for now. I'll have to <laughs> try to dig up some more. Yeah, no, what you what you brought was awesome. Like I definitely appreciated that. And Joey was unprepared. We usually do some fun facts as, uh, with the, each attraction. Nothing too researchy, but. We don't mind the research. We just, that's part of our shtick is we don't really do the research. We just, we talk about it and we're not historians. We don't always claim to be right, but uh, not a lot of people call us out though, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we know. We, I make mistakes on my show. Trust me. It's yeah. bound to happen. <laughs> right. And as long as you own up to them, it's like, we're not, we're not trying to be know-it-all. We're not trying to be like news, you know? Uh, so we're just fans of the part. We know what we like. Uh, in Hattie's case, he knows what he doesn't like as well. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we uh, definitely want to say uh, again, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, we definitely appreciate you taking the time, especially being the, the three-hour difference from Hattie and Joey. Well, well, Joey's in the park, but in two hours from here, later, 
Uh, so we definitely appreciate that. Yeah, my pleasure. Always uh, gives me a little extra energy to uh, to chat Disney, even if it's uh, a little later here. <laughs> right, yeah. And that, that, that's kind of why we brought that show back, because that trip we are talking about going together, this show took a two-year hiatus, and that trip with all of us, all the podcasters meet up, sparked, I'm like, uh, my my my, uh, my gear started running, and I was like, I got to bring the show back somehow. And, you know, these two guys joined me, and it was you know, on from there. Five months later or so, we got it going, and... Yeah, it just needs that. I needed that little extra inspiration, and that was it. So, so again, uh, you uh, imagine you're going to talk about your show one more time, so listeners know where to find you again. Yeah, I'll keep it simple. Uh, ImagineerPodcast.com or Imagineer Podcast on social media or your favorite podcast app. It's pretty much everywhere. Um, feel free to dive into the most recent episode or the first or somewhere in the middle if there's a topic that interests you. But uh, I always enjoy uh hearing from new listeners so if you listen and hear an episode you like reach out to me uh again i respond personally to every direct message on social media so that's me um but uh definitely take the time and hope you enjoy the show well thanks man for coming on yes sir yes absolutely my pleasure thanks for inviting me yeah no problem man thank you all right guys that was matthew from the imagineering podcast uh great show go check that out um before we get out of here we want to shout out our Oh, man. <laughs> Engineers, really quick. <laughs> We'd like to thank our Imagineers for helping this train chug along. So, like to thank Cousin Jenny. Christy. Bernie. Sasquatch. John. And Earl. Thank you, guys. Uh, we couldn't do this show without you. Um, so thank you for your contributions and We'll, uh, we'll have a new bonus episode out for you guys uh, very soon. Right. And I like yeah. I like Sasquatch because he's basically the, the DP family. Uh, he listens to at least three of the shows, which yeah, which is awesome because I always listen back at all the shows and I hear that he comments and <laughs> he's a, I know he's an engineer and then he's also part of the DU crew. So that's awesome. It's working. You know, that, that's the whole point, you know. So thank you, yeah, sir. Appreciate absolutely. that. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. So uh, we don't know what the next episode is going to be. Actually, we do. Um, we'll, we'll tease it. Should we tease it? No. Yeah, we- I'll tease it. It's going to be uh, DCA for its 20th anniversary. Um, but you didn't know Ooh. that. So uh, maybe you guys did. Anyone listening to this show knew that DCA is coming up on its 20th anniversary. So uh, look forward to that. And I'll we'll do the post. So we'll see you guys in two weeks. The land. He's got a
I volunteered you guys to be pilots. Good luck to you all. You might need it. Today's flight takes you to the planet Corellia. You will be intercepting a first order train shipment of coaxia. Gunners, you clear the path. Pilots, line up behind the train. And engineers, you harpoon that precious cargo. And as we always say here at the Nucket Transport Solutions, get out of here! Don't make those I'm going to make those on my own. I'm going to make those on my own. I'm going to 